Welcome to Healing Talks Podcast. My name is Lori Pinkins. I'm your host and life transformation coach. This episode is the last of a series on how to regrow the relationship with yourself. If you have not listened to the previous episodes, I would recommend for you to listen to them as they all tie in together and will strengthen you in your healing process. On this episode, we will discuss the importance of honesty, how to be honest with yourself about the amount of healing that you need and also how to be vulnerable with God and be honest in your relationship with him. Healing is a journey and you do not have to do it alone. Here at Healing Talks Podcast, you will find the practical and biblical tools you need along your journey. I would also suggest that you share this episode and other episodes with individuals who you feel will benefit from hearing a perspective about the importance of being honest with themselves. Why is it important to be honest? Why is it important to be honest with yourself as you heal? It is important because honesty is really about your character. It's your heart posture. And oftentimes when you are not honest with yourself, it trickles into every area of your life. Luke chapter eight, verse 15 says, but that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, kept it and bring forth fruit with patience. It is imperative for you to have an honest heart, to be able to examine the areas in your life that you need to continuously work on. Some areas require more work than others, but ignoring it, sweeping it under the rug, or projecting it onto others is not healthy or conducive for your life purpose and path. When you do that, when you deny the honesty, when you are basically deceiving yourself, and lying to yourself, you delay your life because you get stuck in a dysfunctional pattern of waiting for someone else to come and expose to you what needs to be done. On this life path and journey, we'll have individuals who shine forth the light of God, who come along your path to shine a light to say, I'm available to help you grow in a particular area. However, if you aren't willing to be vulnerable, if you aren't willing to take a look within yourself to say, I need to grow, you will passively dismiss this help or you also may get offended by the help, thinking that others are looking down on you or judging you. Oftentimes in society, we hear that a lot. People always saying, stop judging, don't condemn. And yes, in some circumstances, people are judging. However, when you are around individuals who you trust, when you are around brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to correct each other in love. It's not judgment when someone sees an area in your life where you need to grow. So to get a clearer understanding of what honesty looks like, 
as you heal, let's define what honesty is. Honesty is defined as being free of deceit and untruthfulness. It is being sincere, morally correct, and virtuous. It's straightforward. It's not convoluted. When you meet an honest person, you don't have to question their motives. When you are regrowing the relationship with yourself, you have to ask yourself, am I self-sabotaging because I do not want to face the truth? As you become an honest person, you also lead others into honesty because your light becomes a shining beacon of the glory of God. People are attracted to authenticity, not the fake facade of perfectionism. We are surrounded around illusions of perfectionism where individuals never tell the full story of their life. Now, should you maintain a certain level of privacy? Yes, and also use discernment, acts and Holy Spirit of when and what you reveal, but you don't need to be fake and pretend to be healed and as if you have everything put together this is why I am anti-hustle and grind culture. Hustle and grind culture puts you in a mind frame that even when life is hurting, even when you are taking on things that are not for you, keep going just to get to the quote-unquote bag. But we do not serve the systems of this world. We have to take on the mind of Christ. We have to take on the perspective that we are kingdom citizens and that we are the ones that set the standard not that we fall into the standards of the world, which wants to use filters and Photoshop to make every aspect of their life look perfect. Being honest starts with being honest with yourself. Where are some areas where I'm lacking? Where are my areas of weakness? As you are able to identify these areas, this does not mean that you put it on public display, but you also do not put on a facade that you have everything put together. So in this instance, as you heal, the best thing to do is to step away and really get your stuff together. Stop pretending. Because when you pretend, all you're doing is wasting time. You are delaying the inevitable. It's kind of like a sailboat out in the middle of the ocean. So in your healing journey, you have to roll, you have to put in the work to get across to the destination that is for you and the healed version that God has purposed and planned for you. But as you're on this sailboat in the middle of the ocean, you're rowing and rowing, then you see somebody else going past on a big yacht. And so instead of you continuously rowing and rowing, you just stop and say, okay, hold on, let me put on my sun hat. Let me put on my lip gloss. Let me make sure I got my Versace sunglasses on so I can look good for the people passing by. But as those people pass by, your boat is still sitting in the middle of the ocean. You have to keep rowing. Don't stop and try to pretend to be anything for anyone. The genuine people who are meant to be in your life will support you along your healing journey. And they will also, this may be contrary to belief, people who genuinely care about you are going to expose you and confront to you when you are being fake. They're gonna pull you to the side, pull you by your coattail and say, hey, why are you doing all that? 
But people who don't genuinely care about you, they don't care about you putting on the facade. They'll let you go, use up all your resources every time you're getting paid to, oh, let's go pop bottles and do whatever else to put on for the gram. Meanwhile, your home life is suffering. Oh, let me go put on for my particular friend group every weekend, but you're not pursuing your goal. I remember being in the corporate sphere and individuals every morning got to go get a luxury coffee every single morning, the same coffee. And it was the largest cups. And it's like, I'm a gal. I'm like, as long as I got my special creamer, I can get the coffee out of the break room or I'm gonna make it at home. It's not that big a deal for me. So the individuals every day getting this name brand coffee, name brand coffee, but in the next breath complaining about Oh, I got to pay this and I got to pay that. It's like, where are your priorities at? Are you more worried about wearing a logo or a brand or putting up this certain image of yourself when in all actuality, you really can't afford the lifestyle you're trying to keep up with? Instead of trying to fake to be something that you're not, put in the real work that is required to become the person that you desire to be. God has placed a vision and purpose within you. And the reason why you aspire for abundance and prosperity is because you are of a royal priesthood seated in heavenly places. But there is work that is required in the kingdom of God. God is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. And also, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap, because God searches our heart. Honesty is a heart posture. God is looking at how honest we are with ourselves and in particular, how honest we are with him. When you are able to get honest with God, it is trust. You are building trust with him because you are saying, God, you created me. You knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. Your plans are to prosper me and to give me an expected end. But also you are near to those of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, you see me, and that I can cast all my cares upon you. First Timothy chapter two, verse two says, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Once you start getting honest, there's a peace that comes on you where it's like, I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to pretend that life doesn't hurt sometimes. I don't have to pretend that I'm disappointed in a particular area. Because once you get honest about it, you can truly confront it and take the necessary steps to either understand that that chapter is closed or how to actually conquer that mountain and that giant. And God is just waiting on us to get honest so that he can send the true help that we need. I think sometimes hearing the phrase of, oh, God gonna work it out. God has it all together and he does. There's nothing impossible for God, but we have to ask God. We have to seek God, we have to pray. So until we actually open up our mouth to God and be vulnerable with him. And the reason why I'm emphasizing God is because there is a sense that because you have this moment of honesty, you have to be vulnerable and expose it to the world. And that's a false narrative. That is the most time that you need to be intimate with God alone and go into your secret closet and express to him that vulnerability. The danger in exposing your vulnerabilities to other people is that it's like a shark that can smell blood in the water. 
or leeches that can smell blood. Either way, you attracting a predator that's gonna drain you dry or is gonna kill you eventually. But not all the time do individuals come to you identifying themselves as, oh, I see your vulnerabilities and weaknesses and I'm gonna use you. That's not how it works. The enemy is a wolf in sheep clothing. So people are gonna come to you as if, oh, first of all, they'll come as they are trying to console you, trying to help you, they empathize with you, they agree with you, or they're going through the same circumstances. Until you are healed, it is not safe to expose your vulnerabilities, unless you are in a safe, protected space with godly men and women who God has also led you to. Because no one deserves your vulnerability but God. It's kind of like a mob mentality of just vulnerabilities and weaknesses where each individual is just bleeding on each other. And then after they start bleeding on each other, they just start cutting on each other. So you see it oftentimes in social media where it'll be like a emotional tear jerking post that'll go up and people will come running on there with their capes and, oh, I understand what you're going through. I understand this, I understand that. Then all of a sudden they start turning on each other in the comments like, what is going on? But in my opinion, the vulnerability should have never been expressed in the first place. Do individuals sometimes in a place of loneliness, have I been there as well? This is why I can speak to it, where it's like, oh, I just want to be heard. That's understandable, but it's still not acceptable. Healing Talks podcast is about helping resilient women build their confidence in God. I'm here as your life transformation coach to help you build your confidence so that you can go back and heal your inner childhood wound and stop speaking from a place of that wounded little girl because it's time for her to grow up. It's time for the healed adult version of you to go and tell that child version of you who was wounded that it's okay now. So that when that childhood version of you tries to show up, the grown up heel version of you tells her, you're okay, but we're not gonna respond like that anymore. Because when you were a child, your voice was muted. You couldn't be honest with yourself. You had to put on a mask, depending on the amount of abuse that you sustained. You could not show you any type of personality traits. You couldn't be honest with anyone. Oftentimes as well, you had to hide the abuse. So honesty was out the question. You had a misguided view of what honesty was because even if you attended church, it was like, how can individuals who are supposed to be connected to God not see what I'm going through at home? I know that's how it was in my situation in my childhood. So it made me have a misguided view of what honesty is. It's like you hear the phrase of little white lies. So it was like, okay, well, I can't be honest with this person. So let me just put on a little white lie. So it festered from covering up abuse to covering up who I truly was. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse 21 says, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of man. God is always watching and it is important for us to have an honest reputation in front of men as well because that's who we represent. So as we heal, it's about changing our mind frame as well, about what it is to be a true, honest person. Philippians chapter four, verse eight says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, 
whatsoever things of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. In order to become an honest person, you must be willing to face the reality of what has happened to you, how you have responded, and who you are today. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17 says, He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. So let's discuss how to become an honest person. Because you put on this facade for all these years to cover up the amount of abuse that you've gone through and also to avoid the healing process because it is strenuous. It takes vulnerability. It takes facing some things that you not necessarily want to acknowledge. One thing that's hard to acknowledge during your healing process is that how you were a participant in your unhealed version based upon your response to the abuse. I'm not saying that it was your fault. It is not your fault in any way, shape or form for any abuse that you have ever received. However, it is your responsibility how you respond and how you move forward. Yes, you did not know how to respond. It was the only thing you could do to quiet the voices, to quiet the noise, to quiet the pain. But now that you are in a safe space, you must take responsibility for how you respond to life. Being able to identify your triggers from the trauma, because trauma does have triggers. So if loud noise triggers you, if conflicts triggers you, if being confronted triggers you, you see people in the workplace, they just always going off. It's a clear sign of trauma. You have to take responsibility for that, not just saying, oh, I went off because they said this and they said that. And oftentimes it could be legitimate that that person was honestly disrespectful to you. Yes, but it's not okay for you to continuously show up in the world in an unhealed version of yourself because this is how you continue in dysfunctional cycles because you reap what you sow. Even if you are hurting, that's the honest truth. Even if you are hurting, when you cause other people pain, you are going to continuously reap whatever pain you keep sowing onto other people. And that's not okay. I am very frustrated when I hear the phrase, hurt people hurt people. Because in my opinion, hurt people go get healing and you go heal other people. It's not okay to just have a blanket statement. Oh, I was hurt and so I did that. Unfortunately, sometimes you can prolong your own pain because of your responses. If you pick up unhealthy coping skills in order to numb the pain, you are inevitably destroying yourself. You hurting yourself and hurting other people does not wipe away what happened. You have to confront it, give it to God and truly heal. Do the work that's required to heal. No longer mask it, no longer try to sweep it under the rug. No, no longer try to act like, oh, I'm this strong person and nothing hurts me. It does hurt you. It did hurt and it's okay to be vulnerable. And that pain to say life hurts sometimes. That hurt me. I went through something terrible. That was horrible. But you know what? I'm gonna choose to take responsibility for my life. Because when you do that, that's how you get your power back from the person who tried to abuse you. Because it's all spiritual warfare. The enemy sends people to abuse you to turn your heart from God. In the book of Job, Job 
everything was taken from Job, his children, his cattle, his business, everything. And his wife and his friends came to him and said, curse God and die. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to curse God. He wants you to turn your heart from God. This is why you hear people say things like, oh, it ain't no good women. It ain't no good men. That he wants you to curse the situation, to speak death upon yourself because the power in life and death is in the tongue. But when you come into the knowledge of who you are in God, by being honest with him, God is going to start shining a light in that darkness of your past to say, this is the reason why it happened. Also being honest to say, God, why did you allow it to happen? Why was my life so messed up? Why was my childhood so messed up? Why was my relationship so messed up? Why did my friendships turn up like this? Why was I terminated from that job? Why did these things happen to me in my life? Being honest with God to say, God, why? Why did this happen? And God will start to reveal to you, oh, that was a generational curse. Oh, that person was had, was dealing with some spirits with, within himself, or that person was not healed. And also the fact that we live in a fallen world. But now that you are stepping into your power and you are building a genuine relationship with God where you can be vulnerable and honest with him, you are going to get your power. You are going to become stronger. You are going to break those generational curses. You are going to build your strength you're going to be able to go and help others heal from the same trauma that you have gone through. But this all starts with you being honest with yourself and being honest with God. So how do you become an honest person? Proverbs 3, 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bound them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. It requires become a student of God's word. Hide in his word in your heart so that you do not sin against God. Hide in the word in your heart so it starts to change your mind frame. Trauma rewires your brain and then how you pick up the unhealthy coping skills. It's just all a jumble of confusion. And God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So the first step is to be truthful. No more lies, no more deceit, no more covering it up, being honest. And all these steps starts in the secret closet between you and God. And when I refer to secret closet, it's the place where you commune with the Father. Some people literally have a closet. It may be in your car. It may be in your office, your bedroom, wherever you meet with God. This is a conversation you're having with the Father. The second step is take time to reflect. This is not easy to reflect upon because sometimes you're gonna have to go into some dark spaces to look at what has happened to you and also to look at what you have done to other people. The third step is to be straightforward, like just cut to the chase. What happened, what needs to get done? No fluff, no fantasy about what it could have been, what it should have been, why the person did it, why you did it, none of that, just straightforward. This is what happened, this is the fact of the matter. As you do that, you'll be able to fully combat those dishonest thoughts and those dark memories with the word of God because you're going to have clear prayer targets. You're going to be able to hit the target and don't miss. You're going to be able to shoot the missile and blow up the enemy's camp once you get straight forward. When you come out of la-la land, come out of fantasy of, oh, we was the Huxtables. No, it was horrible. It was, no, 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 no. This is what really happened. So you can start looking at those patterns and cycles in your family bloodline like, oh, okay. 
that happened to that family member, that happened to that family member. Wow, right at this mark in their life. Wow, right at that time. Oh, wow. Every time they have a career, every time somebody get married in a family, this happened, this happens, you're going to be able to hit the target on the head. The fourth step is to stop comparing yourself to others. This is why I'm an advocate. You already know, preach it to the choir. Social media is an illusion. It is a virtual reality. Get off of there when you are healing to stop comparing yourself because the enemy uses it as a trigger for you to say, God, why me? Woe is me to stay in this victim mentality as if you do not have power to change your life. There are people really living happy lives out here. I'm not saying everybody on social media is putting on a facade. That's not what I'm saying. But 99.9% of them are. The real people who you know living happy, You, God is going to allow for you to meet them in real life and have real interactions with them. I've been able to meet beautiful men and women of God who live fruitful lives in God and they have a presence on social media and their life is real. But then there are others where it's like, you faking. So as you heal and you start getting honest with yourself, just go on a social media consecration where you're like, okay, for 30 days, see how your mind frame changes when you're like, all right, for 30 days, even if it's just one app, for 30 days, I ain't gonna log on. For 30 days, I ain't gonna look at nobody's stuff. How about this? Start with just muting the notifications so you ain't always getting a ding, ding, ding. Like, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? Ask yourself that. What are you looking for? What's on there that you're looking for? You're not going to find peace and happiness on there. True healing may start there, but it's not on there because your true healing is when you become a student of God's word and get in his presence. Nothing wrong with mentors, nothing wrong with support groups, none of that. But you can't spend 24 hours of the day leaning on other people for your healing. You got to get off, log out, come out of the, the virtual reality world and actually do the work. Confront your real life because sometimes as well, Social media is used as a trauma block where people will scroll and scroll for hours and hours in order to avoid their real life. So it's like, oh, let me log in every day so I don't have to face the real world. You see it, people post pictures online and it's like, yeah, the whole background of your house is nasty. Like get off of there and go clean your house. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Get off social media and go clean your spiritual house. Go clean your emotional house. Go clean your heart. Get your heart clean. I had to do this. I used to be on social media. This is why I can speak to it. And I know what it tries to feed you. It's okay, get on there for laughs and stuff, but I'm speaking of as you heal. This is about your healing process, healing this inner childhood wounds. When you was a child, you, you wanna give yourself whatever you want all the time with no boundaries, no discipline. Discipline yourself. The healed adult version of you has to go back and tell that wounded, broken child version of you that we are okay now, we safe now. And no, I'm no longer gonna show up in the world as an unhealed little girl. I'm showing up now as a healthy, happy and healed woman of God. So she no longer has rule and reign over me. I know you was hurt, but we're healing in God now. So I'm showing up as a woman of God. The fifth way to become an honest person is to change your habits. You cannot continue to do the same thing and expect different results. You cannot continue to be in the same environments and expect different results. Sometimes when we're not healed, we hang around healed people because they condone our behavior. As you heal, you're gonna get real uncomfortable because you're gonna have to change your entire mind frame. 
It requires discipline. It requires consistency. It may require you reading a new book, getting around different type of people. I'm telling you, it is a drastic difference being around low vibrational unhealed people and being around healed people. Because healed people, the strong women of God that I'm around, challenge me. And that is uncomfortable for someone to challenge you to come out of that unhealed version of yourself because there is still residue there. Healing is a journey and a destination. So you're continuously reaching milestones, but you got to keep going. And sometimes that unhealed version of you, that little girl tries to show up and say, oh, well, we're just going to procrastinate and sleep in. But when you're around healed people, they're going to start saying, didn't you say you set that goal? I thought you said you was going to do this. I thought you said you was going to do this and this within a particular time frame. But when you're around unhealed people, they be like, oh, go ahead and sleep in. Oh, go ahead and use that advice. Go ahead and stay in them unhealthy coping skills. Oh, yeah, go ahead and continue to be dishonest. You're around healed people, they're going to hold you to a standard. Healed people require for you to have integrity. They require for you to be honest. The strong women of God that I'm around do not tolerate dishonesty. They can pick it up. Their disarmament is on point. Like, uh-uh, we ain't having it. You have to be around people like that who going to hold you accountable because it's literally a ripping of your flesh. Your flesh is dying because your flesh wants you to remain a victim. We always screaming about the devil. Yes, we fighting the devil. It's spiritual warfare, but you also got to fight the world, the unhealthy coping skills that you picked up, and you got to fight your flesh. Your flesh that lacks them unhealthy coping skills that allows for you to continuously be dishonest with yourself. Holy Spirit is not leading you into dishonesty. When you come into a relationship with God, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's going to start shining a light into your life. Your flesh is the one that's going to want to regress and start being dishonest and saying things like, oh, it don't require all that. It don't take all that. Or that's good for them, but that ain't how it's going to be for you. You can go to, you can take the easy way out. No, no, no. Changing our habits, exercising, eating healthy, changing our food, changing what we eat, meal planning, meal prepping, changing our conversation, no more gossiping, turning off things that don't edify our spirit, turning off music that doesn't edify our spirit, turning off entertainment, no more just wasting time frivolously playing games on our phone and engaging in time wasters in order to keep our brain from focusing on the work that we need to do. And there are rewards to the work. <laughs> as you heal, you're going to start saying, wow, I didn't even know I was that strong. Wow. As you heal, it's like, wow, I didn't even know I was carrying that, but look at what I still accomplished. Now, how much more can I accomplish now that I'm healed? Now that I know who I am in God. Wow. Now I see it in other people, so I know how to pray for them. So there are rewards to the work. It's just that you have to do the work and that is going to require for you to change your habit. The sixth step to become an honest person is to be the best version of yourself. As you heal, visualize who you want to become and start becoming that person every day. If you want to be physically fit, get up and exercise, do meal prep, cut them carbs. If you want to be successful in business, start taking business training classes, get up and get your business organized. Show up as a professional woman. If you want to advance at work and get a promotion, start researching your organization to see the potential of how often individuals are promoted and the position that you're going to be promoted to. What are the requirements for that position? Where do those people actually eat lunch at? 
Where do they hang out? What classes and courses certifications is necessary for this position? Not waiting for the opportunity, being prepared for the opportunity because it's going to come. As you heal, more and more doors are gonna start opening up to you because you're walking in your purpose and plan. Because you are walking in the purpose and plan that God has for you. Your life is going to start to align. Christ came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. This not only requires to finance it, it's an abundance of peace, love, joy, alignment, happiness. The seventh step is to not over-exaggerate or be a perfectionist. As you heal and start to be more honest with yourself, you're going to get excited about the process. Others are going to start seeing the healing work that you're doing within yourself. Refrain from trying to over-exaggerate the amount of work that you've done. Once again, you have nothing to prove to anyone. Unto God and not, a, not to please men, not just for our service. It's truly you changing your heart posture to become an honest person. So do not take on being a perfectionist. You got to get down and dirty when it requires healing and being honest. And individuals around you who are supposed to be around you, guess what? They got their boots on, they in the trenches in the mud right along with you. And if they are not in the trenches in the mud with you in this particular season, they have already gone through it so they can also encourage you along the process. But if you are around individuals who want you to keep up this facade of being perfect, oh, don't nothing hurt. You ain't feel that, you good, don't nothing hurt. Maybe it's time to start distancing yourself from them because it's just not their time to go on a healing journey, but it's your time. It's time to heal. It's time to live a happy, healthy, and healed life. And that requires work. Shut down the naysayers. Shut down the gossip. Shut down the people that's discouraging you. Shut it down. You do not have time to have people around you who are sowing seeds of doubt, fear, guilt, condemnation, blame. You don't have time for that. You must be surrounded around people who are uplifting you, who are praying for you, even if they don't understand what you're doing right now. As long as they're not speaking against you, speaking against what you're doing, because sometimes you just have spectators, people around you who may not quite understand the journey you're on, but they encourage you, they uplift you, or they may ask questions like, hey, why are you doing that? But they're not coming in the sense of, what you doing that for? You need to stop doing that. Who do you think you are? Oh, now you think you better than everybody else. Why you got to do all that? They don't take all that. This is what we've been doing for years. You can't be surrounded around that because it's going to bring you down. You're going to start questioning and doubting and you need all your strength for this journey. But in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect. It's not our willpower that we're leaning on. But until you get your mind frame shifted and changed, you cannot be around negativity like that. People speaking negativity on your purpose, on your healing, on God's plan for your life. Because it will have an effect on you until you get strong enough in God in order to combat those thoughts and tear down every wicked imagination that rises itself against the knowledge of Christ. So as you build yourself in the word of God, protect your healing. And the last step to become an honest person is to understand that you are being honest for an audience of one, which is God. In the book of Genesis, it talks about Joseph and he went through a lot with his brothers. Like they were jealous of him because of, he was his father's favorite and his father made him the coat of many colors. And one day 
Joseph's father, Jacob, told him to go take lunch to his brothers. Joseph takes the lunch to his brothers. As they see him walking up, they plot to, you know what? We're going to go and kill little brother because we know he daddy favorite. So they rough him up, take his coat, throw him in a pit. And the pit didn't even have no water. So that wasn't no soft fall. Throw him in the pit. They sit down and eat the lunch that Joseph brought them. So as they sitting there eating, one of the brothers like, hey, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. So they pull Joseph up out of the pit and sell him off to slavery. Joseph went through so much. I would suggest that you read it in the book of Genesis. It starts at, I believe, um, chapter 38 through the end of the book of Genesis. And Joseph just went through so much. But something in particular that stood out, Joseph was promoted by Pharaoh to be ruler over all the land. And there was a famine in the land and his brothers had to come ask him for food. So Joseph could have really did his brothers dirty. Now he did put them through a few tests like, Go back and get your little brother, come back, go back again. He locked up one of the brothers, but he didn't cause no harm to him. And one of the main things that it said in that story of Joseph is that Joseph had integrity unto God. It didn't matter about what his brothers did because he was king over the land. He could have did whatever he wanted to do and nobody would have held him accountable. But Joseph knew that he was being held accountable to God, despite the hurt, the pain, everything that his brothers had Put him through. He said, you thought it for evil, but God thought it for my good for me to be in this place in this moment. So everything we do is unto God. Having integrity, being honest is about our relationship with God, not man. Not walk around here like, oh, I keep it. I keep it real. I tell it how it is. Unto who though? Who are you keeping it real unto? Because you can get to a place of being prideful where you feel like everything you say is the truth. And it's not. It must line up with the word of God and come from Holy Spirit. But also some things just don't need to be said. Even Christ, when he was delivered up to Pilate and Herod, they were mocking him and tossing him back and forth. And Jesus said something cold. Pilate was questioning Jesus like, they want to crucify you because they say all these things, all these charges against you. And Jesus said one thing. He said, you said it. Basically like whatever you say. After that, Jesus didn't say not a word. He was the son of God and he didn't even plead his case. He didn't even keep it real in a time where he could have saved his life. He could have called down angels to save him in that moment, but he didn't. Jesus didn't always go back and forth. He checked the Pharisees, Sadducees, he shut them down and he kept it moving. He wasn't sitting up arguing with people, I'm keeping it real. When he was the truth, he was the word walking in flesh. So who are we to think that we always got to quote unquote speak our truth? Sometimes the best thing to do is to be quiet. Even when Holy Spirit is revealing things to you and you know it's the truth, you see it in the moment that it's the truth and you know somebody lying. Sometimes Holy Spirit be like, don't say nothing because God will reveal it in time. Sometimes people don't even know that they operating in dishonesty and God like I'm showing you so you can pray and cover over them, not to expose them. This is what you see oftentimes a lot in intimate relationships. Instead of people covering one another, they expose one another. That's not what it was for. Holy Spirit is revealing to you the people who you have an intimate relationship with, their vulnerabilities, so that you can cover them and pray for them. That's why he showed you. But we get it all wrong and twisted that everybody is perfect. 
or because somebody hurt our feelings that their intentions was to hurt us. So I'm just gonna be honest and keep it real and chop you down the side. And then you totally miss your opportunity to disciple somebody to Christ, even if it's in an intimate relationship. We are walking epistles. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are the church, the ecclesia. We are the body of Christ. We are to embody Christ. We are to pursue perfection. Nobody is perfect. We're not saying that, but don't use that as an excuse either to continue in sin or to continue in a prideful mind frame of, I'm going to tell my truth. I'm going to speak my truth. Whoever told us that it was our truth that need to be spoken into the earth when God said that he watches over his word to perform it, that his word will never return back void. So it's not our words that is the truth. It's God's truth because he's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. But we need to repent for walking in dishonesty. We need to repent for walking in our own truth and not after God's truth. This is what has us in a strong delusion because we're walking in the delusion and pride of this world of I'm going to pursue my own truth. No, we will pursue the word of God. We know that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So when God allows for us to see the honesty of any situation or any person, we will use this ermine on how we speak on things. Not being the first to rush to speak to anything, not cutting down anyone, We deliver our words in love. So we're going to pray. And this prayer is going to be on LoriPinkins.com. Say this prayer until it becomes your prayer. And it becomes a declaration to say that I will build my trust in God. I will be honest with him and myself. Most gracious and kind Father, we come before your throne of grace. Just saying thank you, Father, for the opportunity to repent for our sins, God. For giving us another opportunity to get it right, Father. We repent, Lord God, for walking in pride, for walking in dishonesty, Lord God, for using our pain as a blanket for our disobedience, for us ignoring the truth that you have been revealing to us about the work that is required for our healing, Lord God, for forsaking your word. For Lord God, we will forsake all other things for you. We will have no idols before you, Lord God not even our view of how things should have been or or how things should have gone, Lord God. But we place our trust in you wholeheartedly, Father. For we know, Lord God, that you are near to those of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. So we cast down, annihilate, crush every lie of the enemy that tells us that you do not care about our pain, Father. We know that you care about our pain and affliction. We crush, annihilate, Every voice, Lord God, every demonic voice that tells us to continue in unhealthy coping skills that is destroying us from the inside out, from us walking in dishonesty with ourselves and disobedience, Lord God, to you. And Father, we put on the fruit of Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, long sufferance, meekness, gentleness, Lord God. We will walk in a gentle heart, Lord God, as you reveal to us the areas where we have been dishonest so that we do not take on a spirit of offense. We will not be offended, Father, in the name of Jesus. But we will walk in forgiveness. We forgive ourselves and we forgive those who have caused harm to us, Lord God. We know, Father, that you love us and we walk in your love. We abide in your love, Father. We abide in your arms, Lord God, for we dwell in a secret place of the Most High and you are the Most High God. 
You are the true and living God. We thank you, Lord God, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be the propitiation of our sins, Father, who thought it of no reputation, but wrapped himself sinly flesh and sin not. Thank you, Jesus, for being the example of how to walk in honesty, how to walk in forgiveness. We will follow your example. We let go of the fear of the unknown and judgment of man. We let go, Lord God, the fear of the, how it's gonna look to the world. We let go, Lord God, of the notion that it's gonna be hard to do the healing work and that there will be no reward. For we know, Lord God, that you are a rewarder to those who diligently seek you. So we let go of fear, Father, and we walk in power. We walk in courage. We walk in love, Lord God. For we know, Father, that love covers a multitude of sins. And we thank you, Lord God, that your love is covering us as we repent, Father, and make our confessions unto you that we have been dishonest with ourselves and we have been dishonest with you, Lord God. For Father, in you we put our trust and we will not be afraid of what man can do unto us. And Father, we know that as we place our trust in you, that you will make us as a green olive tree and we will trust in your mercy forever and ever. We know, Lord God, that as we trust you, we are blessed, Father, for blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respected not the proud, nor is such turn aside to lies. We no longer walk in dishonesty, but we walk in your truth and we walk in your word, Lord God. For you are not a man that you should lie, neither are you the son of man that you should repent. Your word will never return back void, Lord God. So as we seek you diligently, as we have honest heart, Father, and walk in integrity, blameless amongst men, Father, you are going to reward us. And our reward is being able to come into your presence just to say thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for being a loving and kind Father. We worship and praise your holy name just for who you are. We tear down pride and we put on integrity because we know it will take vulnerability to be honest enough to face the truth about the amount of work and responsibility it will take to heal. We will face the truth without pride, resentment, or offense. We will not hide or cower to avoid healing, Lord God. That only pride cometh with contention, but the well-advised is wisdom. We know, Father, that a man's pride should bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble heart. So we walk in humility, Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Father, to strengthen us to have a humble heart, to walk in honesty. We ask you, Lord God, to create in us a clean heart and renew in us a right spirit that we correct our heart posture to be honest people. We will hide your word in our heart. We will love you with all our heart, mind, and soul. For we know, Lord God, that you that you search that heart, Lord God. And we pray, Father, for pure motives as we heal, not to be puffed up or to prove anything to anyone, Father, but that we perform for an audience of one, which is you, Lord God, that men may see our good works, but glorify you, which is in heaven. Everything we do is for your glory, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that we are kingdom ambassadors and we praise and worship your holy name. All these things we ask in your precious son, Jesus' name. We bind all backlash. Amen. Go in peace. And remember, everything the enemy had planned for your life is going up in smoke. Until our next episode, be blessed.